0: Hello and welcome to episode the 12th of Anyone for Coffee with me Sarah Golding and we continue today our focus on coping or not with PTSD, anxiety and depression. Thank you so much to all the folks who have contacted us via the at gmail.com. email about previous episodes. I truly appreciate you reaching out. Thank you. And feel free to reach out yourself and let us know what you think of the podcast or send us your experience of any of the issues we explore or any new links we can share with our listeners. Uh, today, we hear Flo recounting flashbacks that have been affecting her about seeing people who remind her of the person who assaulted her and feeling overwhelmed by this. She talks of her coping strategies and how she's been taught to live on with a more positive outlook, love better and ground herself. Please be aware that this podcast is dealing with issues in the aftermath of a sexual assault. Now, And apologies for the... Uh, it's not singing, it's not rap, it's... Well, enjoy this. Whatever. It's um, certainly not Hamilton, that's for sure.
1: I don't know what to say. You don't
2: have to say anything. You don't. I'm sorry I told you, I, I, I didn't mean to. Um. if you want to talk, or listen listening. It was an extremely difficult time. And for years I was so raw still am, in a way. To some level I blame myself and I thought did I give out the wrong signals? That kind of thing, because Did you know him? Oh I thought I did. He was he was someone who overstepped boundaries, overstepped the trust, overstepped that level of friendship and in my opinion no means no but that didn't happen. I don't need to paint any clearer picture I'm sure. So that is what is now part of me. So sorry. It's not your fault. Nobody died. Well, not all of me did. Did you go to the doctors? What happened? Where did you get help? Help? (sighs) It took me a couple of weeks to pluck up the courage to see someone. I was a wreck. A wreck, basically. Mm. I couldn't sleep. And I found even seeing them hard. The docs. Talking. To say. To admit or confess, or whatever the right word is. That this is what has happened. And my trust, my level of trust thing fell to an all time low. How could I ever trust anyone ever again? How can I know when people are genuine? And I thought this guy was a a friend and obviously wasn't and, you know, it was a whole bag of mixed emotions and feeling. And aside from the fact that how I felt, how my body felt, it felt violated like almost dirty so, so, so ashamed and I couldn't get myself back or back to myself I was scared to go out scared to do anything the docs, the pills kind of took the edge off after going through their tick list of whatever and getting a prescription but It was almost like I was experiencing grief, like a part of me had gone or was faded or scribbled out. And when he asked me why, I broke. I broke and I cried for probably a very, very, very long period of time, like a release of telling someone. And you know what he said? He said... You've probably got PTSD from the sounds of it.
0: Post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, from what war was you in? She wasn't in the services, Rachel. Just think. He said,
2: PTSD can come out in lots of people for lots of things. If people have a traumatic birth, like Gabby there, or if they have a particularly traumatic event.
1: So he put you on antidepressants or...? yes.
2: We've been trying to get the dose right. I mean, for him to do that to me, I thought I must be a real bad person. After, I had headaches and kept sweating in situations where I used to be fine. Had poor concentration, I was tired. Had nightmares all the time and I couldn't sleep. And, well, Charlie had to practically force-feed me at one point because I just didn't want to eat. I worried about everything and everyone and started drinking a bit in the day. Just, I just got stuck in a very, very deep Bad, dark
0: place. See, that's what confuses me about beautiful, strong women like my mum. How your darker feelings can be so entrenched and turn inwards on you. Your lack of self-worth and your moments of solace making you sometimes stronger alone as long as there's the balance. The balance of you time and think time and social time and true you being in the company of others. As long as you know and always know you can pick up a phone or come to me whenever you want to, Mum.
1: And to me. I heard survivors, and you are a survivor because I'm sure whatever happened was traumatic, should talk. Talk and not be afraid to talk to others rather than bottling things up.
2: (laughs) Yes. My therapist said to keep reminding myself that I am alive and that I survived the assault. It it was an assault, definitely, definitely. They said, remind yourselves of the little things and the big things you achieve every day, such as, I went to Wickham with my daughter and I made it back. Mm -hmm. Or I went out for a walk today, or I fed and washed and dressed myself. Tell yourself, I will be okay. Things take time to get better. Watch a comedy, have a nice long bath. Do things that make you feel good. Did you have therapy? Oh, a lot. Cognitive and psychotherapy. Rape therapy. Charlie gave me chocolate therapy, (laughs) but I now think that was just an excuse to eat a bar of chocolate a day. Wow,
0: I think it made you feel better though, didn't it? No, I think it was you being there for your old mum. So Charlie helped you out, huh? Good old Charlie. Wow. You see, I I learned the hard way that after a sexual assault, people often neglect their self-care, don't they, mum? Or take less care of their own safety. Things as simple as crossing a road become death-defying because they're potentially more in in their own heads and so I just asked Mum to come and stay with us so I could keep an eye on her and, and my lighting bill went up tenfold because when she stayed we had about ten lights on all night but <laughs> well, that's okay. See, we, we tried to make sure she was doing at least one enjoyable groovy thing or activity each day, just try and keep her grounded in the now. Do you still get flashbacks even
1: though it
2: was so long ago? Oh, Of course. But I try and push it away, try some meditation, listen to music, Ground myself by reminding myself I am here now and I can smell the flowers and the room. And and then it's encouraged that if things aren't right, to go to a safe place. And so I, I come here to my bed at Charlie's, if not my own bed at home.
1: Wow. I never knew you. You'd been through so much. Flashbacks must be so scary. Like, I have them a bit with my fits, but I can't remember the details.
2: Yeah, the therapist taught me what they called a flashback halting protocol. Ooh, does it come with a certificate? (laughs) don't don't Joe. I need you to write down and record my phone answers to questions like, right now, how are you feeling emotionally? What are you sensing in your body? This is because I am remembering, and you name the trauma, sexual assault, rape, say it, write it, it happened. Then you write or say, I am looking around, and name where I am now, on, and you write and say the day and the date and the year and where you are. Name what you can see. And finish with the words, so I know, and name the trauma, sexual insult and rape, is not happening now or any more. Is that what those are?
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a pile of them, and and sometimes... When I've not been able to answer the phone, she said that to my answer phone, and oh, I know to check in on her. So, yeah, yeah, you've worked through some half decent coping strategies, haven't you, Mum? That's what their therapist called them. Well, I think they've been very useful, though. Ice
2: cubes down the back to remind myself I'm here and now was kind of one of my least favourites.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't mind that.
2: I don't know what I'd have
0: done without you, Charlie. Oh, daughter's prerogative, isn't it? Mum hugger for life, me. <laughs> We're a comfy, cosy hugging fam, huh? And I do love your hugs.
2: I wasn't always comfortable with my therapist, though. Some of that was hard to get through. The rape therapy was very, very hard. The therapist was very nonchalant. She even yawned in one session. Oh, yeah, I know, geez. unbelievable, right? I was really upset. I said, am I boring you? And I was angry. So, so really, really bloody angry. I had a whole mixed bag of emotions from happy, sad to depressed to upset, loathsome, self-loathing, self-harming, lack of self-worth. I got angry. So really,
0: really angry. I put my fist through walls just to take the pain away. Yeah. there's one of those gaping reminder holes right there. I'll patch that up next time I'm round, Mum. It was awful just going from
2: therapist to therapist and having to start again and tell the story again and get through it again, when every time it cuts straight into my heart. And I thought, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I was palmed off until the head of this thing I was referred to from social services took me on and said, come on, we need some consistency for you. I was with her for like 18 months and she was she was my lifeline. Without her and without
0: Charlie, I don't think I'd be here. Okay, maybe that's enough talk for the minute. That's the tissues, right?
2: No, I don't mind the talk. She was brilliant. I said to her, I'm never coming back. I can't do this. And I said that every day for six months. If I'm honest, she was an amazing woman and she got me through a lot of stuff. A lot. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm talking to you about her now. What made her so amazing? She asked me questions. She didn't tell me how I should feel or what I should do. She just let me open up because I was so, so ashamed. It was a horrible feeling. Made me feel sick. And I think that made it harder to share anything, that that shame. See, I bottled everything until I spoke to her. Everything. And I want to say to you, if anything crazy ever happens, don't bottle it up. Promise me, both of you.
1: Yeah. Oh, Mrs Hubbard, you're amazing. I mean, I knew you were amazing, but I didn't know just how amazing you were. And you have my number right, because I know people who have taken their lives through suicide. And if, for whatever reason, you can't get to Charlie, then you get straight to me, okay? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between being low and being depressed. And mum is the most resilient and brave and amazing and wonderful and bloody outrageously funny best hugger of a mum ever made. And we got you, Ma. Come here, birthday girl. <laughs> been more like my mum these last few years, oh, you know I've been so worried about you forever, and yeah, maybe I feel like your mum sometimes, but I'm so glad I've got you, mum, that you're here, and I can hug you and
1: oh, can I join you, mum, come on in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's going on here? It's uh hugging. Oh, I can't get down or I won't get up till a week Tuesday. Can you have my crutch? Your crutch? I knew you'd say that. <laughs> oh, where's your card? I've got
0: your card, Mar. Let me just let me just go get it. It's in here.
1: Did you two know Mrs. Hubbard gives the best mummy cuddles?
2: <laughs> Is Charlie right? Has she been okay? No, weirder than usual. Yeah, she's been okay. Why? Are you worried? She's been spending a lot of time sorting me out and helping me with my issues and loneliness and my lethargy and when I'm so low, so, so low, she's been there and I just worry about her holding all of that. Being honest, yes, she's found it hard
1: and some more things make sense about how she's been but we'll look after her, Mrs Hubbard.
2: Thanks, girls. I just worry she's spending so much time
0: looking after me. And there you go, Ma. Airmail. Oh, is there money in it? <laughs> oh, my indie voice acting wages. Cue hysterical laughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Bloody
2: stupid sprinkles. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be finding those for weeks everywhere.
0: <laughs> oh, I love the picture. When was that? Oh, it was uh, way more, 12 years ago when you fell off that donkey. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. You fell off, but in actual slow motion, sideways. Oh, <laughs> it was so funny. She was perpendicular like <laughs> like that for like five minutes, hanging on with a floppy sun hat over her face <laughs> and one boob nearly falling out oh, of her wow, costume. Wow. <laughs> I think I actually wet myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good times, <laughs> Good times laughing at me, not with me.
2: <laughs> oh, I know. A Charlie poem special. Oh. <laughs> Actually, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Mum, you're amazing. You truly make my life. You've shown me how to be a woman <laughs> and a decent wife. <laughs> you make me laugh. We both have cried. I love you more than you've fallen off a donkey ride. <laughs> I may give worry, grief and trouble, but there's something always true. You're a bloody special mummy. And I love you. Kiss, kiss, Charlie. Yay. That's lovely. Thank you. Wait, there's a present. Oh, I do love presents. Mm. I hope it's not expensive because I'll have to give it back.
0: This is... uh... Priceless. (laughs) Are you ready all? No. Uh,
2: (laughs) Right, come on then. I can't believe you're
0: making me do (laughs) that. Okay. Can I say no? (laughs) No. No. Too late. (laughs) Come on, it's for my mum. Ready? One, two, three. Mum, for your birthday, we made you a wrap. It sounds all quite ridiculous and it's probably crap, Crap. but please do enjoy this sentiment because I need it to be heard. You're the best mum in the world and I love you so much. Word.
2: Wait, wait, Charlie, seriously, (laughs) are we doing the first?
0: Yes. (laughs) Let's meet that. I am so glad for this. China, and then you have me in England and not, not in China, China. my pal says I think you're cool hats. so come on let's hit the now to celebrate what, what you, you got, got.
1: <laughs> 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 sorry oh, I Mrs Huffitt.
2: I love it and I love you and you you and you and you and wow. you oh, my, oh my, god, my god I can't cope with this <laughs> Thank you, ladies. You know how to cheer up an old grump. Well, old. I mean, well, you're grumpy sometimes, but I'll be all? Yeah. Are
0: your ears bleeding after that so-called singing? No, good. <laughs> I got the bubbly cups all round. Uh-huh. Double G cups all round. And Charlie can have a B cup. Oi, oi. <laughs> well, at least I haven't had the hiccups in a while. Come on, pop that cork, Mama. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh. Oh. My waters
1: are
3: broken
0: Hooray for feisty women for supportive women for women on all of their own separate journeys coming together to try and make a difference If you've listened to that and you've got an inkling that maybe a pal of yours is having a bad time, just drop them a message, just give them a ring, just say hi on social media. Just You never know how that can lift someone's mood and make their day better from perhaps a very dark place. So huge thank you to Diane Alexander and her awesome sharing, her emoting, her realness and her determination to share part of her story to encourage you, you folks who are bloody gorgeous too to get help for the next chapter in your life. Now, I kind of wanted to mention the age thing too, you know, because sexual assault happens to all genders, all races, to folks in all countries and walks of life. So I say again, you never know what someone is going through. That lady on the bench waiting for the bus could have endometriosis and be going to the hospital. The woman in the queue for shopping could be epileptic. The person on the end of the phone at the bank could have PTSD and anxiety and depression. The person with that really red face that you just think, oh, God, are they all right? Perhaps it's taken a couple of hours to get ready, to even pluck up the courage to come out in public to get the food they need with the most painful eczema that it could possibly have, making it difficult to even walk. that mummy with the new baby might have been up all night crying perhaps having seen nobody else at all for a good few days. So give them a smile and say hi, but don't be offended if they don't retort back in a kind and friendly manner because you don't know what people are going through. And Diane talks of her love for theatre and for being someone else and also how those reminders every day of what happened to her on TV shows, on films and books, on audio shows, how she has nightmares still and talks about her wariness of things in public places and what she does to make herself feel safe. She also talks of how she recognises that things aren't right with her now, so that she can act and help herself get better. Or take time to better her negative thoughts and degenerative mental health. To get to a more positive and better space. I want to mention her daughter. Her real life daughter who's obviously someone hugely special. And obviously in a way the character of Charlie, having Flo as her mother, came out of these interviews. And so, although Charlie isn't based directly on Diane's real daughter, I don't think we've ever met. But I'd love to. (laughs) I... I do hope we've captured that, that proper love and affection that the two have for each other. And oh, if you're lucky enough to have some kind of a mother-daughter relationship that works and is supportive and amazing, like Flo and Charlie, please do nurture and appreciate that, even in these crazy times when we are socially separated. Because, putting oh, it bluntly, so many people don't... and. You never know what's around the corner, right? So, why don't you stop this podcast now? I'm going to call your mum, or your dad, or your daughter, or your son. Go on, do it. <laughs> are you back? Well, I hope they're all right. I hope you had a good chinwag and a natter. Anyway, oh, why don't you send them a present too? Huh? Chocolate's good, I hear. Feel free to send me chocolates too. I I don't mind. Chocolate vouchers to the Kureki Voices email are very... Very much welcome. Uh, so here's Diane in her final interview on PTSD, anxiety, and depression.
2: And it was a few years ago that I actually thought about it and I thought, yeah, every man I've kind of known has let me down. It's never, I've never felt that anybody was ever really there for me. Mm. So why do I want a man in my life now? Why am I going to put myself through? Why am I going to put myself through this? And I think that's maybe, like I said, that's where some of the self-worth and self-loathing comes from. It's because I'm not good enough for you because you don't want to be with me. Mm. And it's only, I would really say, the past two years, two years that I have actually thought worthy of myself, that I have thought, actually, I'm not a bad person. And I don't know whether that's come about through the drama Mm -hmm. where I've taken on roles that... I've done and people have said well done you were amazing and I don't do it for the praise I don't I do it for me it's because I do it for me because it's something I need to do and I just love getting up there and just doing something different and being something different and always challenging myself I love that.
0: It's like a family, isn't it? Yes. Or maybe yeah. you ping in and out of it yeah. and we can ping back in. You can always ping back in <laughs> but again. It yeah. is that a concertina. Yeah. I find that and I haven't been in I haven't been on stage for about five years, something like that. Right. And I miss it so oh, much. I'm acting, yeah. but voice acting is obviously it's hugely it's different. different. And I yeah. miss it so much. But that familial feel yes. to something yeah. is really it, I think more people it, I think if folks are finding it difficult to I don't know. Socialise or circulate. They're mm. joining some kind of amdam group. Even if it's to, I don't know, sew or mm. just to come and prompt or something, yeah, it's don't because you don't necessarily act. You get that just to get that. Factor. And you'll yeah. be pulled into these wonderful groups of yeah. people who, we. I mean, I remember being in an Indian restaurant and someone saying, Gosh, we are so different, aren't we? Look at mm-hmm. us, all of us. And you know, you've got your 18 year olds who are yeah. just to kick out in their lives, and you've got new mums. There's a few gentlemen, but not many. Really. No, no, that's very it's, true. It's quite female. Yeah. But then up to, you know, 60s, 70s, and then 80s, some of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is a beautiful mix of people, and I, I think I, I love it for that and i Mm. i think what's comforting is i know it is always there and if i i went back for a play reading with st peter players who i adore uh last week or so and it's just so lovely to be greeted like you know i have a long lost friend yeah it is it is it's It's
2: a lovely it's a lovely feeling
0: it is a lovely feeling Um, i mean on like things like television Mm. programs and things that you might see in films and so on does that affect you
2: yeah i struggle Mm. i struggle very much
0: and it's kind of there. It is every day. There's going to be something, yeah. Isn't there?
2: On yeah. The yeah. And yeah. I'll turn things over. I'll. Yeah. I'll. I'll I have seen things where I've gone. Oh, I can't watch this. I, yeah. I, I can't do this. Can't do this. Can't watch it. So yeah, it does still affect me. It does. It does still affect me. I don't think about it as much as I used to. But I do still have occasional nightmares if I'm – I don't know. I don't know what brings it on. I can't even say what the trigger is or what the spark is. But I will have occasional nightmares where I just wake up sweating and screaming. And, yeah, in a complete state. And then I can't can't rest. And, you know, I sleep in a light room. I I don't Uh uh ever sleep in a dark room. If I go to a hotel, which I do a lot on my work, I've always got the bathroom light on or something on. Or a a bedside lamp on. I don't sleep in the dark, I can't. So there's lots of little things, lots of weird things about me. So if I'm in a restaurant, I can't have my back to people. Okay. I have to be able to see. Yeah. I will sit at the furthermost point so,
0: you have the view so that the I can see the
2: view. I can't have people coming behind me. I, I, mm-hmm. I freak out with that. Mm-hmm. It's really weird because I'll go to the cinema and I'm aware that people are behind me. Right. Again, it's like there's someone behind me and I have to know who's behind me. And so I've been known to move. I'll, I'll just move if I'm not comfortable with, with someone. Right. And I may just judge them on their looks, which is a really bad thing. But if I'm not comfortable, I will move. Yeah. Walking down the street, being somewhere, mm-hmm. somebody coming the other way, uh, again, I'm very will unnerve me. Especially if it's at night. I don't walk at night. I right. yeah. very, very rarely will go out at night and be on my own, especially mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. If I'm with people, it's not so bad. But yeah, I... I when I went away on business a few weeks ago, the food was absolutely dreadful. I okay. can't eat. It was so bad. The guy said in the present but there isn't a lot around here. Mm. So I walked up the road and I thought, oh, God, there isn't. And it wasn't the best of places. It wasn't a right. thriving, buzzing place. It was empty and I got a bit nervy. And he said, but there is a garage. So I said, oh, I'll go up to the garage and get some crisps and find something. So as I'm walking up to the garage, it was like about seven, eight o'clock at night. It's yeah. not late, late. Yeah. But it was pretty deserted. The place was pretty empty. And two guys are coming at me. Right. I, I just freaked. Mm. Just freaked. I thought, what do I do? I can't turn around. I can't turn around and go back.
0: Right. So... I'll follow you or whatever, yeah. Don't okay. want
2: to get my phone out in case they're going to mug me. Because oh, yeah. that would be another awful thing. Yep. So I'm just going to cross the road. Okay. So I nearly killed myself crossing the road. But I crossed the road. I kind of just leapt out and crossed the road. Mm. And they were laughing and giggling at, with each other. Not at me. Yeah. They're probably yeah, just the innocent too, bystanders. Probably. Yeah. probably didn't even see, see me there. Yeah, But that was it well, for me. I crossed yeah. back, went to the garage. I got some uh, crisps and stuff, and because I hadn't eaten all day, and uh, some banana and some fruit, and just, I ran. I ran back to the hotel. Wow. I yeah. ran to the hotel. I'd get asthma. I couldn't breathe. I was, I I was in such a state. Oh my gosh. Such a state. Walked in, and I was like, I just need to get to my room, need to get to my room, need to get to my room. Yeah. And it was that kind of thing that then I think, why do I get myself in that state? I need to, I need, there were probably innocent people and it's that kind of thing where I think this is where it still affects me and it's still, yeah. I still find it hard,
0: mm. yeah. As far as recognising when you need to talk to someone or when you might need to get help, what kind of signs do you do you think start to manifest when you think, oh, I, maybe
2: I, I need um, to talk to I think sometimes when it's, uh, yeah, I'll know when I'm, I don't know really, sometimes I get into this, I find myself not being sociable, yeah, I find myself not being sociable. Right. Or I'm with a crowd of people and I find myself not laughing and I recognise that and I think,
3: Mm.
2: why is everybody laughing, not why is everybody laughing, but I'm just sort of sat there and I think. I either need to take myself out of this or I need to do something. Yeah. And quite often, yeah, if I'm with groups of friends or people that know me, they'll say, you know, you're right. Or some people just say something and and I go, oh, that's great. And I think, God, that was so false. That was really false. That was such a stupid laugh you did then. That was so false.
0: You're self-assessing Yes. Oh, yeah,
2: straight away. There you go. Yeah. You, you, did that look real? Mm, I don't think so. There is a couple of people in, in that I can phone up or I'll text and say, not in a good place today. Obviously, my daughter's always great. I just text her, I'm not not good today. She said, what's the matter? I don't know, just not good today. Okay, mum, do you want to chat? Yeah, we'll have a chat. So we we talk on the phone. We talk about everything, everything rubbish, rubbish, absolute rubbish. (laughs) Guess what I did today? Dropped something on the floor, blah, blah, blah. You know, and she'll pull me out of it. Because she will say to me, if you want to talk about it, I know you will, but I'm not going to ask you because you may not want to talk about it. You may want to forget or you don't actually know what's going on. But you just know you're not in a good place. And so she'll just talk to me about. And so like that night, you know, we're back to the hotel and yeah. I text her and said, and she was like, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. I am now. I'm in my room. I've door's locked. I'm fine. But she's like, are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'll be okay. I'll just sleep with the light on and the telly on. I'll be fine.
0: Okay. Which
2: is what I did. I got up the next morning. Yeah. And-
0: I think that's the thing is as well. It's like feeling like you don't want to be a bother seems to be coming. The message I'm getting from you, a burden. uh, Burden uh, is the word, right? Burden. When I was depressed, I felt like I was a burden. See, and that that's really frustrating. And words I can't even put into a framework about like you know how many people who wanted to reach out for someone but felt they couldn't didn't. Yeah, and. And it's about actually thinking, actually, yeah, I'm, I need to. I, I have these things that are building up mm. and maybe I will just, even if it's a text, I yeah. think that's a start for it, sure. Yeah. And the best thing otherwise is, yeah, reaching out somehow, mm. just like this little tendril to say, yeah, okay, I'm not right, just you're aware, I think it's yeah. really key to somebody who's in your circle and you know there are also obviously numbers you can call like like national numbers and things like that have you ever looked at if i'm honest i
2: called the samaritans once right and i vowed i would never call them again i didn't it may have just been a one-off incident i just didn't feel they were helping me right i was trying to explain that i wasn't good Mm. And, uh, the, again, I think they, whatever, they, I don't even remember what they came back with, but I just know it didn't help me. Right. And they just said, you know, are you, are you okay now? And I was thinking, no, I'm am not at all. Mm. I'm not okay. And I hung up and it was about half eleven at night and okay. just called a friend and said, I'm not in a good place and I've called the Samaritans and they're not very helpful. Yeah. And she said, right, I'm coming around. You right. know, are you okay? Not really. Okay, well, I'll be there. Okay. You amazing. know, and yep. she came around and she was like what's going on I'm just not good mm-hmm. okay what should we do should we, watch a, should we watch a video should we do something you know yeah. and friends like that are few and far between and hard to find and I think it, it is that feeling of if you, yeah feeling like a burden and that's what I kept saying I always remember saying that that's one of the things I kept saying to my daughter I'm a burden I'm imposing on your life you'll be better off without me she just kept saying no mum no I won't be better off without you. I can't live without you. But I felt like I was ruining her life by being the way I was. It was horrendous. It's horrendous when I think about it. It's it's the most awful thing to feel like that. Why? But I feel like that when I know now I'm so important in her life. Yeah. I know I am so important in her life and I know... She calls me every day, twice a day. Some days it's like, oh, what do you want now? (laughs) She's like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Because she needs me. She needs me. And that is so lovely that she needs me. I feel wanted. I feel needed. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I never felt that before, because I did. Mm -hmm, But what I was going through, I just felt a burden on everybody and Mm -hmm. just felt that I needed to just... Take my life and then everybody be done. And then everybody can get on with their lives because they haven't got to worry about me anymore because I'm just a pain. And that's what I went through. And that is, it's a horrendous feeling when I look back that, that I felt and went through that.
3: Yeah.
2: And I, all I can say to people that are feeling that I can't say don't feel it because I know they feel it, but someone, someone is out there that needs you there yeah. is someone that needs you oh gosh yeah. it's fine it, it it and if the more you talk to people about how you're feeling the more they'll come forward and say that no i need you in my life
3: mm.
2: but it but it is uh, it's telling someone how you feel and that's i think the hardest thing to say yeah. i feel like this yeah and and you know i sometimes sometimes i can't even put uh, I couldn't even put a reason on why I felt like that. Yeah. I couldn't even say I feel like this because, you know, my therapist Well, why do you feel like this? I don't know. I, yeah. I I can't even tell you. I just know that I, I feel like this today. This is how I feel today. Yeah. And then tomorrow I might feel better, but today this is how I feel. Right this second I feel like this. Right now I don't want to be here or right now I want to just hit that wall. Yeah. And I did, you know. Sometimes I'd get so angry just angry at everything and angry that nothing was resolved or nothing happened Mm. and I would get myself into such a state and, yeah,
0: end up hitting things and just awful, awful. Which is hugely surprising, not something I would associate with, with with me you, no. uh, for, well, no. you know I mean and, that's, I, and I know I don't know you deeply and we haven't like you know we haven't connected yeah. enough quite frankly yeah. <laughs> but but yeah I, I think that, that and that's what's interesting what happens behind closed doors yeah. isn't it and so yeah, yeah I, I mean I, I have some wonderful dear pals who are going through various different things and I try to check in but you know so much of my trying to reach out to friends ends with just leaving answer phone messages and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very hard I think to sometimes actually connect but I do that anyway and I just leave a message anyway well it's still nice Um, to get that
2: though isn't it if something's you've left a message so you know and I think sometimes this is why I don't talk about it to people because people that don't know me people that know me years you know kind of understood me that say yeah I can't, I can't believe that you would feel like that you know how everything got on top of you that you didn't know how to cope and you're such a strong person mm. yeah I can be strong yeah I can be but I can also be very weak and very vulnerable mm. and have been very weak and very vulnerable and that's when my guard comes down and things happen mm. and, and and I was ashamed ashamed for a very very long time about what happened to me the acceptance of a said as to why why it happened mm. why has this person done this to me
0: mm.
2: ashamed of even talking about it so it's like it's not the sort of thing you talk about it's right. you don't talk about things like this why you know
0: but you can't embarrassed it's not embarrassed in, but that's because that's now sadly is a part of you that happened and by not Talking about it does it make it not exist? No, but no. do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's the other thing is like think, recognizing think, that. Yeah, it is recognizing it, and I
2: think by not talking about it, you hope it's going to go away. You think oh, yeah. it'll go away, it'll go away. It doesn't. It just buries. It just buries, and then it manifests itself every now and In then. Other ways. And that's the mm. problem. So I knew for me that I needed to get this out of my system because I could not carry on going on the way I was, and it needed to come out. It needed. I needed to get rid of everything. From the past, everything that's gone on in my life, I needed to empty, yeah, I needed to empty. I think you know people found that hard that you could go through that much therapy like really, and it's like you have no idea what comes out just Mm -hmm. down to somebody pulling your hair at school when you were six years old it's obviously something that's you know been in the back of my mind and now it's suddenly oh yeah can't believe she did that to me you know and yeah that kind of thing um that just it was just like opening a a can of worms as they say just everything just kept coming out and coming Mm -hmm. out oh and another thing Mm -hmm. and a week later you'd remember something else and something else came up and it, it was horrendous what kept coming out. It was it was quite shocking, really. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it felt better getting it out. But yeah. I have, no, I don't go on telling people what happened to me. No. It's not something I talk about. It's it's still, as you see, it's still hard to talk about. It's still, yeah. I, I struggle with it. But I think it is important. And, and I think when you approached me about this, this to me was like, no, do you know what, I'm going to do this because it is important. And it's important to talk about these things and it is important for people to say when they're low and when they're down. And yeah. this is coming up more and more and more with people taking their lives as celebrities, Absolutely. people like that, where That's... it is just so important. I mean, you see some of the people of the most recent one that was taken, I won't mention her name.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That hit me so hard. Yeah. That hit me. I don't know why, yeah. I think, but just by watching her on TV so much, I you feel like you know them, don't you? Sure, sure. And that really hit me because... She was in such a bad place, mm. and it. I just thought it was just so sad yeah. that she couldn't reach out. Or well, that's it, a she prime tried. example
0: of somebody yeah. who potentially yeah. has a lot of good, yeah. close friends and family, yeah. and that still was at her darkest hour. Yeah. That then she had made that final decision, and I, yeah, I read that, you know. And I, I, like you, I know people also in my friends' circle as well that have have done the same in horrific ways, really yeah. tragic. Oh, God, I, I, you know, you couldn't write it. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, really terrible things. And, yeah, I, I think that whole thing of of deciding not to, of deciding, okay, th- today we'll go on one step at a time, yeah. wake up tomorrow, and all those things that some people take for granted mm. become massive and yeah. focused, don't they in a kind of centrifuge of feelings yeah. and thoughts and so yeah i mean i think and that's it it is about having that self-worth to as you said earlier like being important to someone else as well it's yeah. like having that thing but also being happy in your own skin and with you and i think i mean obviously currently you you are going in a good solid direction you've got yeah. you know your, yeah, your, your job family there's all sorts of other social other things you're, you're mm. getting involved with so yeah so yeah but I think at the same time it's like I really appreciate you sharing oh no I'm, I'm
2: glad I was able to I'm, I'm glad I was and the only thing I would say I didn't just wake up one morning and go oh right well I feel better now it wasn't sure. like that yeah, yeah, yeah um and it wasn't a conscious decision I can't explain it, it wasn't a I want to take my life. It i I didn't want to take my life. I just wanted the pain that I was feeling to go away uh-huh. and the feeling that I felt about myself, the self-worth, the the being a burden to people and the pain that I was going through to what happened to me. I wanted that to go away and it wasn't going away. Uh-huh. So that's what it was for me. It, was, it wasn't, I want to end my life because my life is so bad. It wasn't that. It was, I can't do this anymore. I can't feel the way I'm feeling anymore. I can't feel this pain. I can't do this. Uh-huh. And it was... More of a just feeling, just so so low and so helpless to some degree, but feeling a burden at the same time. And then my daughter coming home and just thinking, "Oh my God, she's my life,
3: mm.
2: but I'm ruining her life." So with me gone, cheerful better. And it, and it, and it was all that, all these mixed emotions and feelings going on. Mm. And I think it was, I, I can't even remember, but it was, it was just like one day she broke. She actually broke and said, I can't do this anymore. I'm moving out. I can't do this anymore. I can't come home not knowing whether you're going to be okay. I can't do that. I can't be scared to go out not knowing if you're going to be right. But I can't be here for you all the time because you've told me to live my life. And I said, you do have to live your life. And he's like, but I'm scared to go out because I'm scared to come home. And, yeah. and I think it was it was kind of that, that that kind of hit me one day. And I just thought, she is my life. And I can't, yeah. I couldn't could I, I couldn't I do that to her. Could I do that to her? Could yeah. I allow her to come in and find me? No, I couldn't do that to her. Yeah. That things starting to kind of come together again. But it wasn't a just a, it wasn't a kind of get up one morning, and go, oh, I feel better now. Not at all. Yeah. And as I said, you know, we're talking 12 years ago and I'm still getting through stuff. As you can yeah. see, still get through stuff. Yeah, I still have panic attacks. I still, you know, but I'm working through stuff myself. I'm a, in a lot better place than I ever used to be. Yeah. Much better place. I don't feel bad so bad about myself. I know that I am a decent person.
0: You're amazing. I know person. that I'm a kind
2: and loving person. I've got yeah. a lot of love to give and I'm a very kind person and love people, around me Mm. I have my moments yeah I have my moments but I'm working through things and yeah I'm in a good place I feel I'm in a good place now and so that is the best thing for me that that you know if I could help other people I actually thought about going and doing a counselling course so that I can help Mm. other people because I really think I've got something to offer to them
0: yeah I I think you'd be brilliant at doing that Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and yeah and maybe you know folks who have had these terrible things happen perhaps Mm. would feel more comfortable talking to someone who has yeah that's that's also experienced it and the event and an aftermath of of things as they have been for you as well which i think as i say sadly i'm sure there are many who've had the same yeah but i'm excited that Feel in a good place currently, and long may oh, yeah. that continue. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. I must say, you've got my number. Thank Please you. Call me, text me, whatever you need to do as well, if ever. Because I think that's key, isn't it? It's it is. Sure.
2: I think it's, it is knowing that there is someone out there that does care, mm. that would listen. Yeah. I think that is quite key. And somebody that knows what you're going through, so not just somebody that's out there, somebody that actually understands and says, "Look, you know, I am here. If you need me, you need to make that contact."
0: Well, I I hope you continue to do good things for you as well. Thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, I I really appreciate you giving up some time to talk to me. So, thank you. It's all right. Keep being amazing.
2: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for letting me be amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Oh, yeah. I think. Raise a imagined glass to Diane and her awesome, right? And I know her sharing this part of her is making a difference to, to listeners. So thank you, Diane, so much for taking the time out of your wondrous life to share some very personal and emotional parts of your world so that you can help other people. I think that's absolutely wonderful. And words that I can't even think of. Bah I do hope it's been an intriguing listen, this potpourri of interviews and fiction. Are you enjoying the fiction? I do hope so. Uh, There's one more section to look at, which is eczema and my journey through living with that and uh, my mental health, I suppose, which, probably like everyone, is up and down, especially right now. So to the final interview with the wonderful Kylie Selholm, the last of our medical professional advice sessions on this topic. And let's hear when she talks all things, how folks can recognise that they might need to seek help. Welcome back to Kylie Selholm. Hello, Kylie. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you. Hooray. I hope they're not working you too hard. That's the important thing. You're getting time for yourself. No. That's the other thing, you know, because I know this world is, is crazy for all of us right now. So I hope you're well <laughs> and good. Uh, did you buy any lavender sticks at all?
3: I've actually got a few essential oil. Or the burners? No, the, the, the little bottles, the, the tiny essential oil bottles of lavender. Oh, and I, nice. I, do, I do love lavender and just, yes. just spray it around. Or, yeah.
0: yeah, that's what we need, some we need chilled out, lovely, smelly loveliness. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that aside, I wanted to focus today for um, the last of our, our mini chats on when the folks need to recognise that they need to find help. What kind of signs and symptoms might manifest to perhaps... Start shouting at you, really, that maybe you need to speak to someone or get some help of some kind.
3: I think you know, p- perhaps it's it's worth mentioning some of the symptoms that that we'd be looking out for. Mm. You know, when, when we're thinking about PTSD, so so one of them we we've touched on before. So thinking about the re-experiencing symptoms. So you know, when when we experiencing when we experience something traumatic. Our brain doesn't kind of put the time and date stamp on the memory as it as it should,
0: because mm-hmm.
3: um, our brain is overwhelmed at that moment just to survive and do what it needs to do.
0: Yes.
3: so that's that's kind of why that that memory gets stuck and and when we re-experience it either through flashbacks, intrusive memories, or people have you know sort of horrible nightmares, it feels like it's happening now because that memory isn't processed, it's still in that kind of unprocessed form. So those can be really, really terrifying for people. You know, because it's obviously traumatic enough going through something horrific, but then wow. to to keep experiencing it again, like it's happening to you, must be awful. Wow. The other thing um, touched on is is avoidance. So you know, it, as I was saying before, you know, the 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 kind of matching triggers things that are in the environment that that you know may have just a small resemblance to what happened and thinking about that you know, if, if if a red car crashes into us and then we see, you know, someone wearing a red coat, it, that, that might be enough to kind of bring about that memory again. So then we yes. start to avoid going out. We start to avoid seeing, you know, seeing people as a way of protecting ourselves from those memories. But actually that then starts to maintain the problem oh, yes. um, because we're keeping that memory unprocessed. But it's, mm. you know, again, a completely understandable response the other thing that people might notice with PTSD is what we call hyper arousal. So they might be really hyper vigilant to, you know, whatever it was that at the time was the threat, it yeah. might be that we then become hyper vigilant to people or places that resemble what happened. Yes. Uh, we'll be looking out for danger. Uh, we might be more irritable. You know, we we might start thinking differently about ourselves and. And the world around us mm. um you know it, it makes sense if something awful happened to me that I'll start to think that you know the world's a dangerous place or people are evil whatever it is mm. but you know thinking about how how much of an impact that then has on on our well-being yeah. you might also notice that that your emotions are kind of all over the place and um, you're having problems in relationships Yes. So yeah, there's quite a lot to kind of look out for with this. I think it's also important to say that, you know, following a traumatic event, um, a lot of what I've just described will be present for a lot of people. Yeah. But often those symptoms will subside on their own. Okay. Um, but if we're thinking, you know, kind of past the month um mark that that those symptoms are persisting that's when when you know that perhaps this is you know becoming problematic for you worth
0: raising Mm, mm. Mm. and with regards to the different anxieties i mean have you touched on in the previous episodes there are so many different forms of it but Mm -hmm. when when should folks whatever the signs and signals might be think oh actually okay this is perhaps not right for my quality of life my quality of living what maybe I should seek help what are the kind of more worrying sides of anxiety that people then should get help for I think
3: you know, it comes down to what you can tolerate as a person so that that will vary from from person to person yeah you know it's thinking about how much time it takes up in your day you know if it's worrying if it's rituals and, and compulsions if it's you know kind of the flashbacks just thinking about that so how how much of my day is spent thinking about this or, or worrying about this yes are you off work do you not feel able to go back to work are you feeling disconnected from from your family from your friends yep so yeah I think it sort of comes back to the impairment on your and your functioning and how you know and and your suffering as well you know it's it really takes a toll on people yes um, so I think that will be very you know sort of depending on the on the person but again you know I think Often that comes from people around us telling us, doesn't it, that that things aren't quite right, you're not quite yourself. Yeah, um, we, we, we aren't always great at, at knowing that ourselves, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, as well, things like we've talked in previous episodes about positive future visions and positive things happening. When those things are negative, and you're thinking, like with the postnatal depression episode, Mm -hmm. where the lovely Lara's character is talking about the things she's imagining happening in driving in her car, she's going to, as the character, you know, drive into the wall or, you know, other things are going to happen as an imagined thing in her mind how can folks treat the that style of 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 thought is there anything that Mm. people can do to kind of bring themselves back to feeling positive and and stop that journey becoming more and more I think
3: you know mindfulness can be really helpful in that in that instance trying to bring you back to the here and now yeah so we, we we touched on that before you know it could be going for a walk and just tuning into, you know, the the sounds of nature, trying to bring you back into the moment, you know, it could be meditation type exercises. So that can kind of help you in the here and now, but just thinking about those negative predictions for the future. Mm. I suppose it's, you know, sort of thinking to yourself what you want to be different, taking it sort of step by step. So thinking, you know, where, where do I want to be in a year's time and how am I going to get, you know, the support to get myself there? And yes. um, we spoke about sort of positive affirmations. So just, just trying to, you know, sort of build your esteem and, and, and give yourself some hope and confidence that things can be different. Yes. You know, that might need medication, that might need talking therapies to help with that. But, you know, trying to get that support as timely as possible is really key.
0: Yes. As a lovely quote here, your present circumstances don't determine where you go. They merely determine where you start which I was a very good quote there from Nido Cubone there. So folks who potentially have gone to perhaps more extreme lengths and might be self-harming or have suffered the, the trauma of rape, I know very different elements, but mm. things that are more physical things that have happened, what, what kind of events? What kind of signs and symptoms should should people really think? Okay, this has now gone beyond me needing to just talk to my partner or my friend. I need to get something else to help with this way I feel.
3: Yeah, I mean, certainly with with self harm or you know sort of suicidal ideation. I think Diane mentioned that. Mm. You know, we, they're obviously really terrifying and, and upsetting for the person that they're, that they're having those urges and you know that they're having those thoughts you know what's really key is seeking help straight away for that if you can so that would be via your GP or yes. you know, if, if you're feeling particularly suicidal and, and kind of at risk to yourself just calling an ambulance getting yourself to A&E you know the A&E's always open there will be yeah. a mental health professional who who will, who will get to see you and, and to assess you and to support you because I think you know when it gets to that point yeah. it's about you know sort of making sure that you're safe Um, and yeah obviously really upsetting for the person and their family
0: yes absolutely but that's the key thing that there is help there through the nhs through these places like mine, who have uh, and samaritans who have helplines you can call and we'll put all of the references i can uh, find on our, our quirky voices show notes just to give you somewhere to, to browse and perhaps note down some numbers and have those in a place where if you need them you can call them so with regards to obviously one of the main things that has come out of these episodes if someone has been raped what would you suggest they do with regards to getting help or information
3: as, as you've mentioned before that the most important thing you know following the incident is to to go and get some some help straight away so you know if Mm. if you've got a loved one that can come with you to the hospital you know then that's fantastic obviously really terrifying time so if you can have a supporter with you it could be really helpful Mm. thinking about organizations so there's the rape crisis they've got a website with you know really helpful information about what you can do to support yourself and there's a kind of a members area with information and resources for sort centres locally to you. Obviously the NHS yes. website has got a wealth of information about what can be helpful. And there's also yes. the, the Survivors Trust. There's, there's a lot of help and support through charities and um, so just sort of googling what's in your mm. area and just knowing that yes. that you're not alone and you know and that it must be really awful and terrifying that there yes. is support out there for you.
0: Yes. I mean sadly we we know through obviously more high profile cases as well that it does happen probably far too often so you aren't the only person who this has happened to and there are networks of people who are specifically trained to be useful yeah. and helpful to helping you gently mend in as much as you you can after an event like that yeah. so so thank you that that's a useful resource and we'll put that on the show notes and just as a as a kind of a parting comment what advice would you give to somebody who is in the depths of things right now and thinking that maybe i need to speak to someone i would say you know be be really kind to yourself i think that's
3: wonderful that you've recognized that and and, you know you're looking to get that support speak to someone that you love someone that's close to you if that helps you you know take that first step to calling gp or making a referral to get some help just go and do it and you know there is hope that things will get better
0: Yes. Superb. Well, with folks like you around, they certainly will. So thank you so much, Kylie, for all of your amazing advice and helpful insights. And uh, I really am sure that a lot of the things you've said and talked about will, if people are able to utilise them, will help. So thank you so much for coming on. Anyone for coffee? You're welcome. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Whoa, end of episode 12, right? as That's... Uh can Not believe that we've got to episode 12 that's uh, quite bonkers but also I've lived making every second of it I must say and my emotions have been affected too by making this because I'm that kind of empathic person and I, I have been up and down in my my own thoughts and feelings about the world and its craziness and why can't people just be kind and nice and lovely So this is my effort at trying to promote that we should and connect and value community and family and friends. More? Make an effort. Thank you again to my wonderful cast of audio, Joy Kirsten Stansfield, woo, as Freya, woo, oh dear, I can't keep that up, Lara Parker as Gabby, Lucy Shirley as Rachel, woo, woo, wing, as someone called Sarah Golding as Charlie, she's alright, I suppose, and, uh, come on now, give an audible applause for the brilliant and lovely Diane Alexander for all she has shared in, her acting prowess-infused, moving emotional scenes and in those last three episodes. I have to make it clear, I made sure she was happy to release this, because as you can probably fathom, she's been really worried about putting this out publicly into the world. But I truly feel that she should hold her head up high in the knowledge that talking of this part of her life that's happened in this way and Taking part in their part verbatim, part dramatised audio fiction is a super useful, fabulous guide for folks who have also gone through this on ways that they can help themselves and get help and feel better. And maybe even want to connect with folks to live better and more fulfilled lives. As Diane said, it is important. And, well, if it has made a difference to you in any way, or you'd like to let us know anything that has happened as a result of this podcast, please do email quirkyvoices at com. Love to hear from you. So thanks to Matt Hutt and Zach Lemon for their coffee and funk music of joy. To Fiona Thrail for executive producing this audio awesome. Do do do. Check out her Dashing Anions audio fiction, which has some wonderful storytelling within it. And other audio fictions I can recommend to enjoy this week that I've been involved in include Escape. It's a short mini-fiction show in in space uh, by the lovely Robert Tinsley. And I loved playing a Scottish, Scottish space captain. Uh, she's kick-ass, I love that. Uh, Limbo. Again, mini-fiction by the wonderful Anthony Olivieri, who sent me audio of his actual nonna and said I got her down well. So that's all you want as a voice actor, isn't it, that you... You captured the essence of a character that someone else has created and written, but that's based on someone in real life. Exciting. And The Descendant by Audible Vision and the lovely, amazing Graz Richards, one of the loveliest chaps I've met in the last year or so in audio fiction. He's written a wonderful horror adventure drama. Five women go caving, and due to supernatural beings of folklore, not all of them make it out. I love all of that it's quite atmospheric and it was lovely to work with Kirsty Wolven and Eric Sanderson and Sasha Cooper who are wonderful actresses you should all follow all of their work to hunt them out I'll put their links to their Twitter on my my show notes so it only remains to say do check the show notes for links to all the places Kylie mentioned in the last few episodes and also the places to get help and information if you have experienced a sexual assault if you have any other links that might be useful? Oh, do ping them to our uh, quirkyvoices at gmail.com email or ping me on Twitter at Sarah of Golding or at Quirky Voices. Thank you so much for listening. Seriously, really appreciate it. If you can share it, love you even more. And well, next week it, it's my turn. And I do try to have my say about the reality of living with chronic eczema affects my day-to-day, perhaps more so now, and I also talk about the the mental health aspect of living with this kind of condition, daily pain, uh, which I think folks perhaps don't really comprehend or even think about, as most of what happens feelings-wise with regards to facing the world happens behind closed doors with that kind of pain, huh? So but you can't wait now <laughs> oh, sell yourself Sarah. Sell it, sell it. anyway have a blooming groovy week wherever you may be and I hope you do reach out to somebody who perhaps you haven't spoken to for a little while or that maybe needs your support at some point point. and I hope folks reach out to you too if they're not send them this podcast and give them a hint <laughs> all right take care folks bye-bye